This is Raptors Game Night on TSN 1050. The Raptors live here. Send it in the pregame. Tonight had trap game written all over it, and guess what? The Raptors fell into the trap laid by the Brooklyn Nets, and a tough schedule ahead. They fall in OT, 106-105, despite Kawhi Leonard's 32-point effort. Gareth Wheeler alongside Dwayne Watson and Josh Lewenberg. This is your Toronto Raptors Tangerine Basketball post-game show at Wheeler TSN, at Dwayne Watson, at JLU1050. You hate wasting an effort like that from Kawhi Leonard. Played a whole lot of basketball, 38 minutes, 32 points. Was an absolute beast. The problem is no one's jumping aboard. No one else is jumping aboard, I should say, and joining him in playing that high-level, efficient basketball. JV was a beast in the first half had problems defensively in the second half. You don't put this one on Kawhi, Dwayne Watson, but the rest of the team effort, simply not good enough against a team that lost eight straight coming into tonight. Yeah, I mean, I've been incredibly impressed with Kawhi's star capabilities of doing things on the offensive end and defensive end. He's still impressing me, but what kind of impressed me before the season started was like, hey, they're adding Kawhi Leonard to a team that's pretty balanced. It's a solid team. This isn't like just from LeBron and the Cleveland Cavaliers. They've got all-stars. They've got role players. They've got guys who know their roles and play well. And we haven't seen the support coming from the rest. We haven't seen the balance in this lineup that we've known to see. The balance from the second unit. We talked about the bench mob. That has been an issue. So it's really Kawhi trying to do it all. And other guys have to step up. Not drop 20 points a game, but there's not enough of balance in this lineup right now. Josh, yeah, that, that was the story tonight. You had Kawhi Leonard making MVP-level plays on both ends of the floor down the stretch and very nearly winning them a game that, quite frankly, they had no business winning based on the way that they played through most of it. But he needs some help, and he didn't get it tonight. And that's just it, Dwayne. And a very good point is the Raptors pride themselves on their depth. They went into this season calling themselves the deepest team in the NBA. Yep. And, hey... So did we because of the way they played last year. And, of course, you look at the roster top to bottom. They should be, if not the deepest team in the NBA, one of the deepest teams in the NBA. They haven't played like it through most of the season with the bench struggling, and it hasn't really mattered. They've been winning games. But on a night like tonight, you see the downside of the one-man Kawhi show. Kawhi going off like he did tonight. It's great. It's what he's capable of. It's why he's a superstar. But, hey, I'll start mentioning names. We'll start talking about names. Kyle Lowry. You can go down the list. Danny Green, you need more from him than two points. Sure, you can go through the bench. But Kyle Lowry cannot score three points. He cannot go one for eight from the field, one for seven from three-point range. We'll go through his numbers over the last three games as well because this is not an anomaly right now. You can make but it last four. Kyle Gosh. Lowry needs to be better, and I have a feeling when we hear from him, if we hear from him, he will echo those sentiments. We will hear from head coach Nick Nurse. We'll throw you right back down to Brooklyn as soon as the head coach of the Toronto Raptors speak. Um, I'll, we'll leave Lowry from now because this sure. is going to take a lot more introspection and I want the time to dig deep, deeper. But really, it's the guard position overall. Lowry, one of eight. Danny Green, one of two, just two points. Van Vliet, two of seven. DeLon Wright, two of eight. The guard position, it's a recurring theme here. 
They're really, really struggling. There's no reliable option. So I feel like Kawhi Leonard, against his own will, is trying to make something happen. He's five of six from three back-to-back games, guys. And yet the Raptors are one in one of those games and they lose tonight. Like, he is 10 of 12 in his last 12 shots from three-point land. Yet the Raptors couldn't win tonight's ball game after that effort. Yeah. If any of... Pick one guy. Lowry Green... Van Vleter, right? If one of those guys is playing, then the Raptors win tonight. The problem is, none of them did. Here is head coach Nick Nurse in his post-game comments. I would say, take me through the overtime first. Uh, Maybe the last possession of of regulation and then through the overtime. Your thoughts on what happened and and what you would have liked to have seen? Well, I I don't... uh, They end up both pretty good, to be honest. I'm not so sure. Um, We were we were trying to wait that long on either of them but again it was good defense it was it was similar at both ends right both teams were trying to get stuff going and shot clock kept winding down at both ends and uh um i mean listen we we um you were okay with the shot yeah, yeah yeah that was i mean yeah he got a great look there and he got in you know he got in there and got some clearance on that and, and I, you know would have thought that would have would have went but just in and outed and um there we go um in the overtime, uh, Russell, they they it like yep. they put the ball in his hands and yep. they kept they kept going to him. Yeah, well, he hit two two quick ones to start. Right, they scored four points in about the first forty seconds of the overtime, and and then we held them to four the rest of the overtime. They, they ended up with eight, but we didn't do much better. I, I think we got really good looks down there. Kyle had a couple. You know, Kyle had had one in there and. And uh, Kawhi had another one go in and out, and, uh, and obviously Fred had the one at the end. So, I, you know, it came down to really shot making for us again tonight. I thought we, um, you know, we just didn't didn't shoot it. I mean, we're we're something like six out of twenty six from three without without Kawhi's, you know, five out of six. And I think most of those are okay. You know, most of them are good. Kyle's getting good looks, and Fred's getting good looks. Danny didn't get enough looks tonight, but. Um, and we had a lot of missed a lot of layups. I was probably more disappointed in our finishing at the rim than I was our three point shooting. So that tells you how how um, how many layups we missed. Beyond tonight, uh, Kawhi Leonard has taken a step forward this year as a ball handler. Just how impressive and important has that been for him and for the team? Well, he keeps he keeps progressing. I mean, we knew he could you know we knew he could score in and out and and off screens and all those kind of things, play in transition some, and and now we're kind of getting him more in the in the screen and roll game. So he's um, he's learning, and I think he's starting to see things you know a little bit better too. He's finding some kickouts and passes out of there, and those guys are going to need to step in and make them. So he can do everything, right? He can do everything, and we'll just keep keep. Uh, Progressing with 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 keeping it in his hands in all all situations, whichever whatever it calls for in the course of each particular game. Thank you. Yep. You're welcome. Well, that's it. No questions about Kyle Lowry tonight. Uh, that's what happens when traveling media well simply doesn't travel very much anymore. That's what you get in terms of your post game comments. Gareth Wheeler, Dwayne Watson, Josh Lundberg with you. Uh, that's the question. I, I mean, Nick Nurse brought it up. That Lowry missed some open looks. I mean, maybe it's just a case that he did. The question's already being asked, and you're just kind of beating a dead horse here. But it's it's not only the fact that Kyle Lowry's missing open looks in that last that last set 
at the end of the game where the Raptors, and, and we were all discussing what should happen because the Raptors had 24 seconds, essentially, to come up with a play. Potential, or 20, There was 27 seconds yeah. on the shot clock, or on the game clock, sorry. The Raptors got the ball with the full 24, and we all said, and Jones and, and Armstrong were, were debating on the broadcast what you want to do, and I think that we all agreed on, in studio that it's best to get up a shot, try to take the lead, then trust your defense. Right. Because of whether it was really good defensive play by the Nets or some breakdowns offensively, the Raptors had a last-ditch effort with about three seconds to go. Fred Van Vliet had that miss. But Kyle Lowry certainly had an open look that he ended up passing up. So as much as Kyle Lowry's missing shots, it's the, it's the looks that he's not taking that are as troubling to me as, yeah. as the misses. Well, I mean, you know, Coach Snow talked about shot-making, but like you're alluding to, it's about shot-taking. And I mean... Kyle took three attempts in the, in the second half. He missed all three of them. We talked about backcourts earlier. You know, uh, Green, Green and Lowry, two for 10 in the game, shot attempts. Uh, Wright and Van Vliet, four for 15. And the, those, the bench guys played considerably less minutes, but they took more shot attempts. So it's like, whether well, it's the flow of the offense, but we're seeing opportunities where they're not taking those shots, and that's the key. So, I mean, these guys have to be taking shots as well as making them. Let's zoom out a little bit here. We talked about this. Uh, we hinted at it earlier in the post game. Lowry's last three games, since coming back from the one game he missed with the sore back, 15 points total, 4 for 23 from the field, 3 for 20 from three-point range. And this was something that I mentioned at halftime. All but three of his attempts during that stretch have come from beyond the arc. So, uh, as aggressive as he was being earlier in the season, getting to the rim, driving into the lane, we're not seeing that right now. He didn't get to the free throw line tonight. He's only been to the free throw line four times in the last four games. That's why my question right now is, is Kyle Lowry right? Is his back bothering him? Is something else bothering him? We don't know the answer to that. The team isn't going to tell us the answer to that. Certainly Kyle's not going to tell us the answer to that question. So, But he struggled we, in that game against Golden State before he was out through injury as well. We're, we're speculating. Well, we, we don't know if his back was bothering him. We don't. That's the point I'm making. We don't know how long his back has been bothering him or, if his back, or, or how bad. We don't know. So what I'm going to say is this. The team needs to figure this out because if Kyle Lowry isn't right, I'm not sure how much he's helping them right now if he's shooting one for eight. Obviously, I mean, listen, I'm the first one to say that a bad shooting night for Kyle Lowry doesn't necessarily mean a bad night. He does so many other things, but when he's out there in those big possessions, taking those shots or worse off, passing up those shots that he should be taking, if he's going one for eight, you need Kyle Lowry at his best at the end of the season. And if he's not right right now... Then you sit him. If he is right, then Kyle Lowry's talking to the media right now. We'll hear from him soon. I'm sure he's echoing this sentiment. He needs to be better. If he's going to be out there, and if he's healthy, he needs to be better. Well, it's a catch-22, though, because you're right. The, something is telling us in his game that he isn't right. We're seeing that. But, you know, obviously the stretch is coming up. They're playing a lot of high-level teams. Of course, the logical thing is to sit him. But it's not like you could sit him like last year. We were like, okay, we could sit him because Fred and Delon are playing well. Yeah. Like, we know Lorenzo Brown's not, Brown's not ready. And Fred and Deron are trying to find their way. So you can sit Kyle, but they're going to struggle as well. So... Do you do you weigh up these games? Do you ride them out? I mean, there's got to be a lot of assessment happening right He's now. He's still playing a ton of minutes. Like I, I think we're giving him too much credit that he's hurt. I think it's between the ears. I think it's between the ears. I think I thought it was a bad look. Um, but on, on Wednesday or Tuesday, whatever, he talked to Rachel Nichols, and he hasn't backed that up. And when he says that the president of basketball basketball operations, he does his job well. Kyle Lowry needs to go out and do his job. 
I think he's in a deep funk right now. I think he's in his own head, and I think it's hurting the team. And the fact that Van Vliet and Wright haven't provided adequate depth, like you said, Dwayne, that, then that complicates the situation. But if this is Kyle Lowry, a perennial all-star, I'm starting to get a little bit worried. It's been a, long, it's been a bad week, okay? A bad week. But this is a guy that's turning 33. Like, this isn't a guy in his 20s that's working through a funk. He's put a lot, he has a lot of miles on those tires. He's taken a lot of physical abuse. Players in their 30s, they can't play at the highest level forever. And although he was making his shots earlier in the season, he wasn't taking the same amount of shots as he typically has either. So maybe it's a little bit of wear and tear. Maybe he can't play so much. What What is absolutely certain is him playing this way right now is a liability for the team. And him speaking the way that he did earlier in the week is a liability as well. Because if you can't back it up, then you keep your mouth shut. But I think I'm kind of giving Josh some credit for his rationale here because this isn't CJ Miles who is missing his shots and you got to shoot through it. Yep. Kyle's not penetrating. Like it's not. I don't think it's in the head because he's not going inside. That's part of his game too. We talk about that. His but he didn't do that as much last year as well. And yeah, I thought it was not a problem. That, 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 I think that was more design than anything else. The way the Raptors' offense was playing. But Nick Nurse said the second he got the job, even before talking to Kyle Lowry, he said one of the things we want to do this year is get the ball in Kyle's hands more, have him make plays for himself and for others. more. More. And we saw it earlier in the year. It's it's one of the re- like you, you can go back and look. Obviously, the shooting percentages were great. He was shooting. He was red hot. But and, and we knew even at the time that that wasn't sustainable. But one of the biggest reasons why I thought Kyle was playing MVP level ball early in the season is because he was doing something Wheeler to your point that he wasn't doing last year, and that's getting to the rim, getting to the free throw line, being aggressive. He's not doing those things right now, and that's why I wonder. I, I agree with you as a shooter. When you're in a slump, it can get. In your head, even as a veteran, but why not get to the rim? Why not get to the free throw line? That's why I wonder about his health. And the minutes is a good point too, Wheels, because Lowry, for the first time really as a Raptor last year, made it from start to finish healthy, playing well. He had some I'm sure as players do, but he had a really good season last year, really efficient, and I don't think it was a coincidence that the minutes were down. Dwayne Casey, the Raptors coaching staff, the medical team, it's not like they were sitting him out to rest. He didn't rest his first game last year until game number 69, but his minutes were way down, and they were consistently down. So if, if it's not sitting him out now and resting him or whatever, maybe they've seriously got to look at dialing his minutes back. This is a problem that... Look, six difficult games coming up for the Toronto Raptors. You lose tonight to the Brooklyn Nets. Okay, you can move on. I just don't like how they lost tonight. Especially considering that a lot of these problems that have been papered over by the fact that Kawhi Leonard has been that good, well, you can't expect that to be the case each and every night that Kawhi Leonard puts on his cape and comes to the rescue. You know, it seems like he's Superman, but he's not, right? It's one man in a team sport, and it's time that others step up, namely Kyle Lowry, who's supposed to be the team's 1B. He's playing like a 3D right now. Yeah, and the key thing is, you know, we saw the Memphis game where obviously that team, their, their defense was geared up to, like, overload on Kawhi Leonard. Now, if you don't have anyone else stepping up for this Raptors team, it's going to be a problem because if Kawhi's the only guy who can do it and no one else is giving anything, people are going to find way, easier ways to stop this team. Uh, we're going to hear from Kyle Lowry next after the 106-105 overtime loss to the Brooklyn Nets. He did speak and speak at length. So what did Kyle Lowry have to say? Stay with us and you'll find out. Gareth Wheeler, Dwayne Watson, Josh Lewenberg with you at Wheeler TSN, at Dwayne Watson, at JLU1050. And this is Tangerine Raptors basketball across the TSN radio network.
Leonard back. Oh, jams it down. Kawhi Leonard with the left hand hammers it home. And this place is buzzing. Wow. Paul Jones on the call. That was... That left-handed slam was all over like three Nets players through traffic, making it look easy. Kawhi Leonard, your two-for-one pizza player of the game, and the player of the game brought to you by, like I said, two-for-one pizza. Order the holiday wing combo, which includes a medium or large pizza, three toppings, ten wings, and two-for-one's new apple pie starting at $24.99. Kawhi Leonard, 32 points, 10 of 21, 5 of 6 from 3, missed one free throw with 7 of eight, four steals, four assists, three rebounds, and he ate that pie. By the way, thanks to Two for One Pizza, they dropped off that very holiday wing combo for us and the crew here at TSN 1050. We came in a little late and there was still plenty for us to graze on. Gareth Wheeler, Dwayne Watson, Josh Lundberg with you. I don't think either either of you can argue with Kawhi Leonard being the player of the game. But shout to the first half that that uh, Jonas Valanciunas put up was 7 for 11 in the first half of play and he could have been in the running if he wasn't sat down because of defensive responsibilities in the second half. A a move that Nick Nurse almost had to make with the inability of the Raptors to deal with the pick and roll. No, I I mean, I I don't know that I agree with that. I I understand the logic behind not playing him there, but I I think it really was 50-50 because you're giving up something either way and we saw what the Raptors ended up giving up without JV on the floor. uh, Just uh, dominated on the boards by the Nets. Uh, Brooklyn just... 60-41 on the ball game, Josh. Dominating the offensive glass. Uh, 16-6 six, yeah. on the offensive glass, but especially in that last stretch of the fourth quarter and o- overtime there with Siakam at the five. I thought they did a really good job defensively, and that's where you make up for JV with Russell uh, attacking JV in the pick and roll and, and hitting those... Uh, mid-range pull-ups when JV is in the game. So defensively, I I think they made the right call, but you're giving up something on the boards. And then, hey, we've talked all night so far about the fact that Kawhi needed help tonight. Well, you got a guy in JV who had 24 points, really the only guy outside of Kawhi that had it going tonight. So... That might have been Keep the help that he the exact one. And, and JV's the easy guy to blame in defending the pick and roll. For me, that guard, whoever that guard is, needs to stick on their guy because JV would step to him, D'Angelo Russell, in his eye all night long. How much responsibility is on JV and whoever the guard is that's trying to limit and fight through or not fight through that pick? Well, down the stretch in overtime was Kyle Lowry, but I think you know when you have that big set in that wide screen, it's just harder to do it. And you know you want the big guy to hedge, but then you're in no, no man's land, and that's the challenge in terms of having that out there but it's kind of we talked in the pregame show about like the streaky ability of like guys like D'Angelo Russell and Spencer Dinwiddie who did get going offensively and I think it's tough to kind of give him that confidence where you know you set you give it up because you can but then he's going to get that confidence where he's continuing to make that shot after shot after shot I don't know why more players don't fight through that screen in the modern game today in the past, it was so much more difficult to set that screen because the defender would be fighting through. Right. Yeah, there'd be more contact, but now it's like, okay, the, it's automatic. The de facto move is go to a switch, yeah. which yeah. I don't like. Like If you're the guard, stay on your guy, fight through that screen. Yeah, but even if he gets that step, then he's already coming into you, and then... Definitely sure, then, then it's help play. defense from there, right? It yeah. doesn't have to be the point. I would rather if JV just stayed on the screen. Yeah, and or, and and provide weak side help if need be, rather than just go straight into the switch. Call me crazy, or is that a time where, you, where that when that's happening a few times, you go to the zone to to prevent that pick and roll play? Sure, 
So there's multiple options. You, yeah. You've got to be smart with it. And I know that's something that the Raptors have talked about and want to do. Obviously, you look at their personnel, and you're right, Wheels, in an era where there's so much switching and defensive versatility in the NBA, certainly the Raptors have the talent to be one of, if not the top team in that regard, but that doesn't necessarily mean you want to switch everything. Just because you can, right. in some instances, switch doesn't mean you want to switch everything. You've got to be smart about it. Smart switching. Deciding when to switch, when to switch back, um, who you're okay with switching, what positions and where on the floor you're okay with switching. They've got to do a better job with that, and, and they know it as well. I, I think again, this is a lot of it is just sort of trial and error at this point, but they've got to figure it out before the end of the season, especially in a game like this, a game where, yeah, like the, the Nuggets loss was tough, but you, you lose to a really good team, it happens. It's a lot harder to justify a loss like this in a game that you absolutely should win. And the Raptors haven't dropped too many of those games, if any of those games this year where you absolutely should win, but this one will stand out in that regard. Uh, let's hear from Kyle Lowry coming off this one of eight performance, three points. He did pick up an 11 assists. Let's hear if Kyle Lowry has an explanation for his cold shooting and overall lack of confidence on the floor. He, he carried us a little bit offensively tonight, a lot bit. Uh, so uh, we put ourselves in a tough position in, in the first place, you know. Put yourself in a tough position, how, Kyle? Uh, not rebounding. Uh, they are rebounders. Every, you know, myself not playing up to par at all. Uh, you know, everybody, you know, we just missing shots. and But, you know, we just got to keep playing hard. And uh, you know, I think we did, you know, a little bit better on the coverage. We got to do a better job on the coverages. And uh, I think just playing a little bit harder. Um. Same, I want to go through the overtime in the same kind of way. Nick said they it, it came down to shot making. Would is that pretty much what you agree with? I mean, yeah. I mean, they, um, we got a great look at the end of the game. Uh, Kawhi made a pass at me, and I drove and kicked to Freddie, and we'll take that shot every time. Um, you know, you just I think we just the you know, ball. We just got to figure out how to play a little bit harder, rebound a little bit harder, and um, you know, just you know, play better. Anything going on specific with your shot right now? Or you just uh, just got to play better. I can't even. I don't make excuses. Just gotta, I don't have any excuses to make. Um, I'm just not playing well. Well, so as simple as that. I, I make. You know, I'm a player that uh, I have to play better. Uh, I hold myself to a high standard, and uh, the organization holds me to a high standard, and I have to play better. And as a leader of the team, uh, I got to figure out how to play a lot better offensively. Does your, when your when shots aren't going, do you pass up some? I think I think I'm too passive right now, uh, but uh, that's that's the that's for me to figure it out. I'm definitely too passive, but you know, gotta I gotta figure it, figure it out sooner and later because uh, it's been a really really terrible stretch for me. Why is something like that, or how does something like that happen? That I mean, they where they guard them, you know. Running the floor, they stay stay tight on them. Um, you know, they, they you know top locked them a little bit. Um, our pace is a little bit slower tonight. Uh, a lot of things go into that, but I mean I don't know what we shot from three, but I'm sure it wasn't well. Yeah. Yeah. Kyle, talking about uh, Danny, what type of value has he added to this team, not just on the court, but in the locker room and among the guys? He's a good guy, the leader, someone that's around and, um, you know, always uh, playing with high energy. He was always high energy, always positive. Um, he's been good for us. He's a champion. 
What's the impact Kawhi's been having, has been having on this team this season? Um, you see him, all-star player, all-star type player, MVP caliber type player. Everything he's doing is um, at a high level, and uh, you know he's that good. There you go, Kyle Lowry post game and honest assessment to where his game's at right now. Says he's just not playing well and that he needs to play better. Also says he just needs to figure it out. It not quite too sure if he knows what's going on but he does admit that he's playing too passive and calls it a quote really terrible stretch for me gareth wheeler dwayne watson josh lumberg i guess in when you're dealing with any kind of problem the first step is admitting it and he's admitted it there's no shying away from it now the question is what to do about it i, I like how he said he's being too passive so he at least in his head he understands that he needs to be more aggressive. Take it to the hoop, like we said, in practice is a whole other story. Yeah, I mean, this was a predictable response yeah. from him as we were talking about it a few minutes ago. I said, if Lowry speaks tonight, when Lowry speaks tonight, he's going to hold himself accountable. Say what you will about Lowry, but in terms of his leadership, he, he's always, he holds himself, as you heard from him, he holds himself to a high standard. He holds everyone else to a, whole, to a high standard. But that's what's important. Like, listen, if, if you're going to hold others to a high standard, you do that for yourself as well. Lowry does, uh, and he, he knows he needs to be better right now. There's no um, sugarcoating it. There's no dancing around it. There's no making excuses. He wouldn't make excuses there. I don't expect him to, even if he is uh, hurt, not 100%. He knows he needs to be better, and he does need to be better. Yeah, but he has to go do it now. I yep. mean, I think that's great that he's acknowledged that. And, you know, as a leader of a team and a guy who's a player of the caliber, and he's seeing it like... You said it, Josh. He had to come in and say that because there's nothing else he could say except for everything's fine. It's not fine. But now he has to, by saying it and openly putting it, recognizing he's being more passive, he has to attack more. Whether if he's the shot's not falling, he has to get in the paint and create for others, create for himself to make the defense adjust. Because right now, it's not as a leader, it's not coming from the reserve guards, so he has to step up and contribute. Right. Uh, they'll have to dig themselves out. Next game for the Toronto Raptors, Sunday night against a short-handed Milwaukee Bucks. They made a trade today, which improves that team, at least on paper, for the duration of the season. We'll break down that trade for you in a few moments' time, and you're going to hear from Fred Van Vliet, could not get it going tonight and ended up missing that open look at the buzzer, which could have gave the Toronto Raptors a W. Instead, they fall to the Brooklyn Nets in overtime 106-105. Wheeler Watson, Lewenberg with you. This is Tangerine Raptors basketball, and you're listening across the TSN radio network. Drives, kicks it to Lowry, drives into the lane to Van Vliet, three for the lead, no good, and the Nets win it. Fred Van Vliet had a clean look to win the game, and he couldn't get it down. Brooklyn defeats Toronto, 106-105. Open look for Fred Van Vliet. Couldn't make it count. It was that kind of night yet again for the Raptors' backup point guard. Uh, He bet on himself. The Raptors continue to bet on him, but it's coming up snake eyes time and time again in a very difficult year for Van Vliet. Raptors lose 106-105 in overtime. Wheeler, Watson, J. Lou with you. When we're talking about what is going on with certain players... Van Vliet is a guy I think can very very easily make the case that it's either an injury or maybe the hangover from that injury that's kind of hampering him thus far. He just doesn't look as smooth in his movement. No. That, 
it, it's it's really just if you're watching on from a night to night basis, he lacks that fluidity that he that he showed so often last season. Yeah, I think you know he, that twitch, that quickness. Whether it's he's going to make that move to the basket or he's just going to be that shot. And I think it was you, Gareth, who said just like a guy like him. He needs every every single thing has to be aligned for him to play at the level he plays at. And if he's hampered a bit, he doesn't have that. I think I don't want to say it's necessarily confidence, but I don't think that confidence is there when he's taking that shot all the time based on how he's playing. And it's just tough. It's frustrating because especially when you've got like we, the offenses created have open looks, and that's that's the beauty of it. But when that's not going down, it's tougher. Like you can live with missing contested shots, but when they're open shots and not falling. It weighs on you after, and you're just so used to that shot, like a shot like that, Josh dropping when it when it comes out of the hand of Fred. Forget even a shot like that for a second. Here, here's what I'm seeing with Fred Van Vliet right now, or one of the primary things I'm seeing. Last year, Fred would go games, weeks, maybe even months without taking a bad shot, making bad decisions. That's what made him so valuable. Is not right. that he was making all these ex- exceptional plays, but he made very few mistakes. He took very few bad shots, made very few bad plays. He's a smart player, and he's still a smart player, a smart a smart guy, but now it's almost a nightly thing where he goes into the lane and, and takes on two or three guys and throws the ball up and takes a, a really ill-advised layup or shot, and those are just things you wouldn't see from Fred last year. So I don't think he's gotten any less smart. He knows the game. He's a high IQ player. I just think he's forcing a little bit too much. I think he's... I think he's maybe pressing a little bit for whatever reason. Maybe it's because he's not fully healthy. Maybe it's because the shot isn't falling. But it's taking him out of his character a little bit, out of his game a little bit. And I think that's hurting him, and I think that's hurting the well, team. He was 2 of 7 for 8 points tonight. If you look back at recent games, 2 of 7 and 5 points, 1 of 7 and 2 points. Had that breakout game, you're like, here we go, Van Vliet, with 15 against Cleveland last Saturday night. Before that, no points against Golden State. So... It's just, it's been a real difficult stretch for the Raptors point guards across the board. Dwayne, save that thought. Let's hear from Van Vliet what he saw in that final look and yet another frustrating night for number 23. Let's get the business out of the way first. Yeah. You, you, you had a great look great at the look, end, and, yeah. and Kyle said, man, we'll take that shot from yeah. Freddie every day. Yeah, I know I will. I don't <laughs> know about anybody else, man. Uh, sometimes they go in, sometimes they don't. And, uh, hey got to take that one. Yeah. It's a great, great ball movement. I know uh, everybody probably would have liked Kawhi or Kyle to take the shot, the last shot, including me. But uh, they both made great plays. Then Kyle found Kawhi, or sorry, Kawhi found Kyle, and then Kyle drove and found me wide open. And uh, I'll take those uh, all day, every day. Fred, Nick talked about the three-point shooting, taking out Kawhi's three-point shooting, the rest of the team not yeah. doing well. What yeah, yeah. What do you think it is? Uh, guys are struggling to find the rhythm, find the roles, and uh, just find spots where, where they're stepping into good ones. And uh, sometimes they feel a little forced and out of rhythm. So when you get them, you know, maybe you're not feeling so well and feeling comfortable about it. And it's a lot of other stuff going on. Just, you know, guys not really just feeling good about the, about the shots. And uh, it's ups and downs to it. And that's kind of the problem with being a three-point shooting team sometimes. If you don't make them, then... 
you know, you're, you're struggling sometimes to, to, to claw wins. Russell had a terrific game against yeah. you guys. I mean, you're going to see him again. This is the first of four against these yeah. guys over the course of the season. What do you What are you going to put in the bank for next time? Uh, I think we just got to change our defensive schemes, and you know, we kind of stay with our base principles. And you know, a lot of times we give up those those mid-range jumpers, um, and, and he kind of found a little crack there to, to knock four or five down in a row, and we just didn't adjust fast enough. So, um, got to guard him a little bit better. Got to get up into him, make him uncomfortable, um, but give him credit. You know, he, he knocked down some shots. How much with the rebounding? Was it what they were doing? Or they're a good rebounding team, obviously, but or just you guys not getting after them? Maybe. Yeah, so, you know, that's been our issue all year. And uh, tonight was another one. We probably lost the game because of it. And uh, it's just been a glaring weakness of ours all year. And at some point, we're going to have to address it and, and get better. We keep saying that we're going to get better on it, but it doesn't seem like it's we're really heading in the right direction. So just got to man up and, and look yourself in the mirror and try to try to find ways to, to get them. Fred VanVleet postgame. Josh, Dwayne, anything stand out for you guys there? I mean, I was going to say this before we started, and I think I could still, it still has emphasis. Last year, obviously, DeMar Kyle drove the ship, um, but I always felt Fred was the most important player on this team for, for what he can mm. do for that second unit and how he rates this team and what he brings to galvanize that second unit. Um, when he's not playing at a level that we've seen him play at, it makes it very difficult for him and the rest of the team as well. So however that's got to be, if he's got to hopefully find his way or, or get back to himself, or even if it's time off, whatever it needs to be, that has to happen for this team to be right. And the confidence is great. You know that's not going anywhere from Fred Van Vliet. He says, as long as it's a good shot, I'm going to take it 10 times out of 10. That was a good shot. It's one he obviously needed to take, given the time score situation anyways. Uh, and, and you know he's confident taking it. He believes he's going to hit it. Uh, the Fred Van Vliet we saw last year, more often than not, would hit it. You're right, Dwayne. They, they need him to be better. They need him to be that that valuable uh, sixth-man type player that he was last year. But I also like what he had to say there towards the end about the rebounding. They know it's an issue. They can't run from it. They've got to figure out a way to deal with it and get better because they are playing a lot of times at a disadvantage from a rebounding standpoint. They're playing small. They've gone to a lot of these lineups now with one, well, basically all their lineups with one center on the floor, either JV or Ibaka. And there's a reason why they did it. There's obvious benefits to doing it, and I think it's working. But but one of the disadvantages of doing it is rebounding. You're giving up a lot on the boards, especially when JV's not out there. He's really your only elite big man rebounder. Right? Like Kyle Lowry's an elite rebounder for a point guard, but he's a point guard. So everyone's got to be better, especially with those. A lot of these rebounds are long rebounds. So right. much three-point shooting, especially tonight. The, uh, the the Nets jack up a ton of threes. Those are long rebounds. It's not necessarily about boxing guys out. A lot of that is just, it's effort. It's who wants it more. They're 50-50 balls, and tonight, the Nets wanted them more. Coming up next, uh, a damning comment from Danny Green about tonight's approach, and a trade was made featuring the team that the Raptors play on Sunday, what that means for this weekend, as well as the rest of the season. That's coming up next. This is Tangerine Raptors Basketball across the TSN Radio Network. Our mentality has to, I mean, regardless of the fact this is one game, is another 50, 60 of them, you know, we've got to play a lot of games left, or whatever, maybe 30, 40, who knows. 
You know, you can't let one game affect you. Regardless, of, I don't think we respect it in the way we should. We needed to. You know, we got to do better. We got to mature and get you know our mental focus back. But either way, we come back, get a bounce back. Hopefully, get some guys' uh, confidence back. Raptors guard Danny Green only took two shots in tonight's ball game. Not nearly enough. Says the Raptors didn't have the right mentality tonight. They underestimated the Brooklyn Nets, and it ended up costing them 106-105 in overtime. Wheeler, Watson, Lundberg with you. Look, the Raptors are the best team in the NBA, but you just can't underestimate any opponent in this league. This league has been, this season has been wild and wacky. Bad teams are winning, good teams are losing. You can't underestimate your opponent. Uh, you can. It's, but, I mean, maybe Kawhi Leonard can afford to, but, you know, maybe JV can afford to, but really, otherwise, the team of late hasn't been playing that strong where they feel they can turn on like a light switch because they haven't all been doing that well. So, as pros, they got to be better knowing they're going to Brooklyn. They, they, they can't look ahead to the game in Milwaukee. Well, we identified it before the game. Like, the Nets are, are better than the record. They're better than 9 and 18. They had lost eight games in a row, but four of those games, they led by at least eight points in the fourth quarter. They just had trouble closing. The last thing that you want to do is allow this Bucks team, or sorry, this Nets team, to gain confidence throughout the game and put them in a position where finally they are able to close out a game. And they were coming off a really bad loss right. to OKC, so the motivation was there. Uh, all you need to do is take your foot off the gas, as the Raptors did, and, and that was it. Uh, we just have a minute here. The Raptors next up for them, a date with the Milwaukee Bucks, second place team in the Eastern Conference, a team that already beat the Raptors earlier this year. Mind you, the Raptors were down players, and the Bucks completed a trade today. No need to go into the deeper details, but they acquired George Hill of the Cleveland Cavaliers, a guy who killed the Raptors' last playoff run. Looks like he will not play Sunday, so the Bucks will be undermanned. What does this mean for now and going forward this season? we got 30 seconds here, guys. I think in that role in Milwaukee as a reserve guy, George Hill has been a good player, but he's kind of past his prime. But as a guy coming off the bench for this team that can play, you know, shoot knock down the three, play some D for them, that's going to help bolster their depth. It's a good pickup for them this year. makes them a little bit better, and long-term it gives them some flexibility. I'm not sure I would have given up a first-round draft pick for it, but it makes them a little bit more dangerous this year. Gives them a veteran player, a guy that's won, that knows how to win, and potentially if it's a team you you face in the playoffs for the Raptors, it's a guy who's guarded Kyle Lowry really well in the past. Thanks to Josh, thanks to Dwayne, thanks to Tyler, Natasha, Michael Jonesy and the coach Jack Armstrong. I'm Wheels. This has been Tangerine uh, Tangerine Raptors Basketball. Enjoy the rest of your weekend, Toronto.